0: What's up, guys? Welcome to the seventh episode of the Sports Show with Ben and Dylan.
1: Yeah, we are here to start a a two-part series. Maybe it'll return um, in a little, I doubt it, though. It will be called Relive the Run. Today, we are focusing on the 2010-11 UConn men's basketball run. Most specifically, the conference tournament and the March Madness run. Um, Yeah, but... First, we will start with what we always start with, some other sports news.
0: Yeah, so um, we start today in the NFL, where the Washington football team announced uh, what, in my opinion, should have been coming a long time ago, that they will no longer be using the name and logo of the Redskins.
1: Yep, I think this ish, this had a long time coming. I feel like ever since there were there – were, um, anyone really thought they were doing something wrong um we've it, it's been questionable i don't know i really was not sure it was ever going to change just in the sense that like well um they were taking so long to change it why would they change it now not like why like i i think they should change it but i'm saying like if they weren't going to change it earlier why why, if you're the Redskins, would you change it now? I'm not sure, but they are definitely going to change it, obviously now. And I think um, a bunch of the names we have suggested would still work and are still very possible candidates. Yeah.
0: Um. Just one quick thing. I think it the the name changing. You know, well, it is great. I, I think it does come under unfortunate circumstances. Um. It's unfortunate that that Dan Snyder wouldn't have you know taken the um you know taking a, a quick second to to really think about it and notice that that the name and logo are are racist um you know it's it's unfortunate that it comes after you know multiple you know sponsors you know threatened to you know terminate deals you know you had stock holders in the team and you know minority owners um threatening to to sell their share um and and really Dan Snyder's hand was, was here it's you know it it dates back all the way to 2013 where in the USA today interview he said that they would that they would never change the redskins um you know name and logo um but now finally now that you know he has sponsors and, and minority owners you know threatening to to share their um their stake in the team it's unfortunate that he's only doing it because it affects his profit and his bottom line but nonetheless it is it is good that it is being changed, finally.
1: Yeah, he is a a terrible, a, he's terrible. I don't understand why it takes you, or it takes you losing or potentially losing money um, for for you to change something that has been racist and, and still is racist for years. Yeah.
0: All right, so we can move on here to, to other news in the NBA now with uh, Lakers guard Rajon Rondo will be out. For six to eight weeks after breaking his thumb in the Orlando bubble,
1: now this could be, uh, or, or this is a significant one because the Lakers are extremely weak now at the point guard position. If um, or with with Rondo or because ronda will miss time and because uh previous starting point guard avery bradley has decided to sit out of the bubble that leaves guys like or or like alex caruso um the goat but but still alex caruso not the best starting point guard in the league potentially the worst um alex caruso i i'm not sure exactly who else but i think that will be interesting for the lakers who who already were were not a deep team but then losing two of their key players um or their key role players on the team that is even bigger for the Lakers.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's bad news obviously as you mentioned for for the Lakers because they are now very thin at the point guard position. But it is good for fans of not the Lakers because we get to see more of the goat Alex Caruso potentially in a starting role. Um, so yeah, that's
1: good Just to just to go back to if you guys listen to the DW podcast, I am pretty sure of our last episode, well, our last non like saying goodbye, my last non saying goodbye episode. Me and Ben did one where we did like a whole playoff outlook on the NBA, which you will get soon with a special guest star. Um, not or just a hint at um or just a teaser of what is to come. But uh, anyway, I said Alex Caruso should be the starting point guard for the playoffs. Now it's kind of saying it as a meme and and it's kind of turning into reality with Rondo Hurt and Bradley sitting out. I think that is kind of funny. I obviously just predicted the future, it seems. But uh, yeah, we can move on to the next piece of information where star um, point guard Russell Westbrook um, has tested positive for uh, coronavirus. Now the Rockets are just screwing about everything up in the bubble. They are a mess as well. Um, not a good situation in Houston.
0: Yeah, they had um, one of the the players break the bubble, obviously, Jan- or James Harden and Russell Westbrook um, are not currently in the bubble. Russell Westbrook obviously has announced that he has tested positive um, for COVID-19. James Harden, we are not sure exactly why he is not in the bubble still, Um. Russell Westbrook will be joining the Rockets in the bubble once cleared, um, from the coronavirus. But yeah, like you said, Dale, it's it's a bit of a disaster as far as the Rockets. You've play you've um players breaking the bubble, you have people not there. It's it's gonna be tough for the uh Rockets to pull it all together and make a playoff run. But nonetheless, uh we will move on here to our next piece of news. Dale, would you like to give it?
1: Uh, yeah sure, I think this is easily and it's not even close the smallest piece of um news today in a in a kind of important uh, other sports news segment. Um, Deion Sanders' son. I'm not gonna try to say his name. I, I think it's like Shador maybe Shaday. I'm not I'm not sure. But his son has committed to play um at Florida Atlantic. University, FAU, the program that Lane Kiffin used to be at. Um, yeah, I, not, not important, but still, I guess, worth noting. Yeah, he is um, a four-star
0: high school recruit. Um, so, you know, it is interesting. Obviously, the only real reason this is big news is because it is prime sun. But nonetheless, we will get to now our final piece of news where we have news for me and Dylan's favorite baseball team, and that would be the New York Mets. Multiple star athletes have joined Arod and J Lo in their push, um in their push to buy the Mets. Those athletes include Bears Legend, Brian Erlecker, and Chief Star Travis Kelsey.
1: Yeah, it's weird because most times I feel like when we have um athletes who are pushing to be minority owners, which we saw um probably like a month ago, a few weeks ago with um Kevin Durant buying a minority stake in the Philadelphia Union. Uh, I think this is interesting, especially when the team hasn't been bought yet. I feel like a lot of the times we see it with, like, when there's a new full owner and then, like, then people come in but not making a push when the team hasn't even been bought yeah. yet. Um, I think it the more idealistic situation is Steve Cohen. But I feel like it would be kind of cool to see um, a bunch of star athletes or star former star athletes um Having minority my minority stakes in the Mets, I think that would be somewhat interesting.
0: Yeah, I I would agree. Um, it's um, it I I would agree with you that that Steve Cohen is still the ideal owner because he has loads and loads of money that he could just pour into the team. That and he is a lifelong Mets fan. But nonetheless, I I would certainly enjoy you know having a Rod and and other star athletes you know be. Owners of the team, as well as still, you know, a big part of of this um, these uh, push to to buy the Mets is they do have, you know, multiple uh, millionaires and billionaires be behind it that that aren't athletes. Um, so you know, you would still have that that money to be fed into the franchise. But nonetheless, it is interesting news. It's kind of a random, it um, kind of a random uh, group of. Of athletes making the push, but nonetheless, um, it is good that we are continuing to move um, towards the Wilpons selling the team, which um, is really the ultimate goal here.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. That wraps up a somewhat interesting other sports news segment. Now, uh, before we get into the main topic—or I wouldn't necessarily call it the topic, but the main—the main—the uh, ma- the main thing of today, which is the relive the run, which will be fun. Uh, First, we are going to start with today's sponsor.
0: Yeah, life is unpredictable, guys. We know that. Um, Get a State Farm agent today who can help you navigate through life's unexpected. State Farm, here to help life go right. Uh, Now we can move on here to the Relive the Run. Yeah, so
1: today, in case we haven't already said it like seven times in the past few weeks, we are doing a Relive the Run, basically, that is a... I would call it like a kind of, kind of like a documentary type thing without like the, the players getting interviewed or, or anyone getting interviewed. We're kind of just like, we're, we're, this is our perspective, basically, maybe as we're doing the interviews. Um, so, yeah, we are reliving the magical tournament run of the 2011 Yukon Huskies led by now NBA star, um, Kemba Walker and some other NBA players currently. Um, but, yeah, let's get into it.
0: Yeah, all right. So, we are going to start here with with the guy who was the big star of the run, and that would be Kemba Walker. Yeah. Now, Kemba – yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Kemba
1: down. was um, – grew up in in the Bronx, Bronx, New York. Um obviously a big city in New York. Um he he grew up having to play basketball on like the streets at the local parks. Um often was left out because of his his height which is he's not the tallest as you may know. Or, or I mean he's tall now but definitely not as a kid. Um I think this just kind of pushed Kemba who is a a born or a naturally born leader a a big um he's he's a big work ethic um I think this is interesting that Kemba was uh discriminated for his height as as he has went on to be an NBA star but yeah he was not much um and and then he turned ended up turning into a five-star recruit um and committed to Yukon. Now in his first two years as freshman and sophomore season twenty eleven was his junior season. Um he was not much. He was he was still a solid scorer and but, but not not necessarily the leader on a on a um on a team. His freshman year they went um all the way to the final four where they lost to Michigan State. Um and then and then the year after they were mediocre at best missing the tournament. Um yeah, I, I don't think this Yukon team was necessarily expect to do anything coming into the twenty ten eleven regular season.
0: Yeah, I mean they they came in, they weren't even ranked in inside the, the top sixty four. They weren't projected to make the tournament. Um, you know, Kemba and and the UConn team again wasn't very special the previous year. Um but, but Kemba would really come into his own um and we will start off the season here. So Yukon would would play two kind of cupcake games um before heading to Hawaii for the Maui Invitational um there they would they would face um a talented but yet unranked Wichita State team in the quarterfinals of the Maui Invitational um they they would beat Wichita State to move on to the semifinals where they would beat um a you know Now NBA star Draymond Green led Michigan State team, who they would also beat to, to advance to the finals. Draymond Green um, was um, the, the star of Michigan State as, at the time, but Kemba and UConn were able to defeat them to move on to the finals, where they would then play a stacked Kentucky team who they would also play later down the line, but we will get to that then. Um, they would play a stacked kentucky team in the championship um, and they would they would win to to win the maui invitational
1: yeah uh, this yukon run was obviously impressive as they shot up very high into the rankings after beating a, a then 20 uh, or a then number 2 ranked michigan state team now you may think although kemba is clearly the best player on the yukon team um, on this yukon team he just because he's a junior may not be a, a leader of this team. Now, although he's a junior, Kemba really felt like he was one of the leaders of this team as before the season he was named one of two team cap, cap captains, which he shared with his teammate Donald Beverly. Um yeah, UConn after the Maui invitational, shot up to all the all, shot up all the way to ninth in the rankings. Now they had a five more um Five more non-conference games before they played the always stacked um, original Big East. Now, in these five Cupcake games, they cruised winning all of them by a significant amount, except from a slight scare um, against New Hampshire, where they only won by seven. Um, Yeah, UConn shot up all the way to number four in the rankings after a 29-point win against Harvard um, to close out non-conference play. They, they.
0: Yeah. So, um, once they would close out non-conference play, they would then move into, you know, as Dill mentioned, what is the OE staff original Big East? Uh, the Big East was was very good this year. Um, and um, they w- would come into conference play, um, ten and zero, and were ranked number four in the country, but. Nonetheless, they would still struggle a little bit in the Big East, only going eight and eight in conference play. But they were headed, but they were still ranked number twenty-two headed into the conference tournament. Kemba had a terrific, terrific regular season, averaging twenty-four points per game and um, earning an All-American selection. Um, a great year for for Kemba, um, and now we can kind of move towards the, the Big East tournament.
1: Uh yeah, just to just to backtrack a little, I just wanna explain um some of the actual non conference games. Like they were ranked the whole time, like in the regular season the lowest or they were or the the lowest they were ranked when they were ranked sixteen, which is at the end of the regular season, they headed into the conference tournament. Ranked twenty one. But but to be honest, like they did not play great in conference play, going only um Nine and nine, but still, they had one of the better records in the Big East because of how good their non conference play was and the fact that they did not do terrible. Um, they they lost to some stacked teams, um, a one seed pit, um, or a one seed in the in the tournament pit, and the number one team in the big east. They beat a seventh ranked Nova team for some reason. They had a, a two non conference games against Tennessee and Texas, which they won both of them. They did lose to the rival Syracuse, and they lost to Louisville twice, along with Notre Dame. They lost some bad games against unranked teams, but those, um, you, you always lose those against the road of, uh, particularly. But yeah, we can move on to the conference tournament now. The Big East tournament, like always, is in um, Madison Square Garden now. This time they had to because they were a nine seed in the conference. They had to start on the first Tuesday as a twelve p.m. game. They played against the worst team in the conference, DePaul. They absolutely steamrolled in a in a just about empty crowd, as no one really came on a Tuesday afternoon when when the Big East conference was, or the Big, Big East tournament was just starting. They won this game ninety-seven to seventy-one. Where they head into the next game on what is now. Um, Wednesday against Georgetown.
0: Yeah, so they would play against Georgetown in the quarterfinals. Um, in the, um, they would go on to to beat uh, Georgetown to to move to the quarterfinals, where in the quarterfinals they would face um, number one seeded in the tournament and number three seeded in the country at Pitt. The game was very, very close, and it would come down to, with only a few seconds left, head coach Jim Calhoun would draw up a play, giving Kemba Walker just two options. Number one was to pass to a teammate or shot, or or number two was to shoot. Uh, Kemba Walker decided to cross off a Pitt defender and then step back for a game-winning buzzer beater to defeat Pitt. Um, as the shot goes down as one of the best game winners in recent college basketball history that we have seen.
1: Yeah, a lot of people think, oh, this was like a, a good calling out party um to the tournament, but no um because they still had two more games to play. Now, Pitt was a very, very talented team. Um so I, I think this was obviously huge for UConn no matter whether or no matter what, even if they hadn't or didn't win the semifinals or the championship, they still had this game against what would go on to be a number one seed in the entire tournament. Um Pitt. But yeah, uh, they can move on to the semifinals where they played Syracuse. Now, although it might not have been as big as a challenge as Pitt, this game was still extremely close um, with it going to overtime. Um, yeah, there, UConn ended up beating Syracuse um, 76-71 to to advance to the Big East Championship against Louisville.
0: Yeah, just to backtrack for a second back to the Pitt game, Coach Jim Calhoun had one of the most awkward celebrations we will ever see. All the players were jumping up and down on Kemba after he hit the step-back jumper. Jim Calhoun, you know, kind of did one of those things where he threw his arms up in the air, was celebrating for a quick three seconds, and then composed himself and acted professional. It was You know, a quick turn of emotions for Jim Calhoun. But anyway, he had one of the most awkward celebrations we've ever seen. Um, So now we can move on here to pass the Syracuse game and move on to the championship game where they would face Louisville.
1: Yeah, this is a a number 14th ranked team. This was not some cupcake game that being said it was still in terms of ranking at least the third best team they'd played in this conference tournament now keep in mind even the georgetown game which was wasn't even quarterfinals second round like even that was a um was a ranked team just to prove how stacked big east was like the ninth ranked or the ninth team like in terms of standing in the in the um in the conference was ranked that that's ridiculous to put it simply um but anyway in championship. Yukon stayed strong, beating Louisville, earning an automatic bid to the tournament they would have made anyway, but still this was huge as they' won five they'd had to play five games in five days and they got five wins wow it 's very impressive um, yeah, they moved on to the tournament where people or or most people at least thought well this Yukon team's magic had probably ran out they were probably going to to win their first round matchup, which was against. Fourteen seed Bucknell, they grabbed a three seed in the West region, but then their luck was going to run out in the in the second round or third round. Maybe they get to the Sweet you know, Elite Eight at best, but but they proved to do something special. Now in the first round, they played Bucknell. Um, yeah, this was not a particularly challenging game. Um, where people or where they had where they beat Bucknell 81 to 52 a large 29 point victory. They moved on to the second round to face Big East rival Cincinnati.
0: Yeah, they would face off against Cincinnati where they would win 69 to 58 moving on to the sweet 16 where they would face um a San Diego State team led by what is now one of the best players in the league and was a second team all-american at the time Kawhi Leonard. Um, Kemba would go on to, to face um, him, you know, throughout his NBA career. But anyway, back to the March Madness tournament where San Diego state would control most of the game in sweet 16 until Jamal Franklin sent Kemba Walker flying to the ground, drawing a technical foul. This you know, riled up Kemba and gave UConn all the momentum they needed. They would then cruise the rest of the way um, to a seventy-four to sixty-seven victory.
1: Yeah, I think this this is a very interesting game. Obviously, San Diego State in the regular season when it was was definitely the better team, and and they probably. We're still the better team, but one, the Jamal Franklin elbow or shoulder, whatever kind of shoving Kemba to the ground. He hit the free throws that gave UConn all the momentum. If that never happens, does San Diego State win this game? It's possible, but but UConn definitely had more heart, at least that game, led by Kemba. Kemba really has now established himself as a, or, or UConn as a slab established themselves as as contenders now as they uh, faced an Arizona team that had a lot of talent and upset um, Duke, who did not have Kyrie Irving, but still um, Duke in the Sweet 16. Now, UConn and Arizona played a very close game, of course, because UConn seems to only play close games. Um, But they led by two with a couple of seconds on the clock. Um, Arizona had the ball, and Derek Williams missed. Derek Williams, who um, ended up being the second pick in the draft, Um, a bit of an NBA bust, but he was a second-team All-American at the time, missed a contested three. Um, But everyone thought, or everyone got the re not everyone. Arizona got the rebound and passed it off to a wide-open Jamel Horn, who found himself wi- yeah, wide open. I I don't know how to express it. He's absolutely wide open. On the three-point line, where he missed a shot as time expired, everyone thought that one was going in. But the shot missed, sent UConn to its fourth Final Four. This gave UConn its ninth straight win in a total of 19 days.
0: Yeah, crazy the run that UConn was on Again, as you mentioned, nine wins in nineteen days—that is incredible. Um, then they would—they would then go on to take a week off before the Final Four that was in Houston, Texas. There they would—they uh, would meet a Kentucky team that they beat in the Maui Invitational final in the Final Four uh this time the game was was much much closer um yukon was leading for most of the game until kentucky had a, a late comeback and yukon was just able to avoid it and i mean just able to avoid it kentucky would just narrow, narrowly lose yukon wins in an absolute nail biter 56 to 55
1: yeah now this obviously sent um sent Kemba and UConn to the national championship where they, um, where, where you would think most years, the national championship team would be against a a top three seed. Probably this year is against an eight seed, but it's a very talented eight seed coached by one of the uh, best coaches in college basketball at the time, Brad Stevens, and now one of the best coaches in the NBA for the Celtics. Um, yeah, now he's Kemba's coach, ironically. Um, yukon or butler had just been to the national championship the year before uh, where they lost on a a narrowly missed half court shot at the buzzer by um another celtics player gordon Hayward um yukon would face this butler team yes butler was an a but but like i said butler was very talented as they had a great regular season but them playing in a weight in, in a weaker conference game the eight seed but they did end up beating some very good teams in wisconsin or the one-seeded pit that you can also beat. they beat wisconsin in the sweet 16 they beat florida in the elite eight and then they beat a, another cinderella team 11-seeded BCU to advance to the national championship now here in this national championship the game started off terribly slow with it being 19 to 19 with a few seconds left in the half before Butler's star, Sheldon Mack, current NBA player, hit a buzzer-beater three to take the three-point lead at halftime.
0: Yeah, at halftime, CBS analyst Seth Davis said, it's almost like these two teams are competing to see which one can can play worse. And it, it was almost like that in the second half. As it was a gross second half, but nonetheless, UConn, would pull away to be your 2011 men's national championship as they would win in the championship 53-41. to 41. They would pull away after being down three at halftime, but it was kind of a rough national championship game and kind of an awkward way to cap off such an amazing run for UConn. But, they, but UConn is your 2011 champion, uh, men's national champion nonetheless.
1: Yeah, UConn wins the Natty for the, um, for, for a not, it, it was unexpected. No one could tell you. You probably, no, I don't know. Pr- probably most people, if you go back to Tuesday where they were playing DePaul, I mean, Tuesday, like a, a month ago, but still, that Tuesday they were playing DePaul Empty Stadium in Madison Square Garden, um, to tip off, the um to the tip off the tournament, you tell Kemba, you tell Jim Calhoun, you tell anyone on that team or coaching staff, uh, you're going to win 11 straight games and cruise to the national championship. Are you saying I believe you? I'm not so sure. in In a realistic, in a logical standpoint, you're probably saying um hell no. But yeah, uh, UConn managed to do it and. It is one of the more incredible runs in college basketball history, um, led by one of the more clutch players in college basketball history and Kemba Walker, and now a star in the NBA. Now, um, just to wrap it up, we would like to say how some of the members and, and players of this team um, ended up in the rest of their um, careers or life's. now. Coach Jim Calhoun ended up retiring two years after the run because of um, some scandals, forcing him to retire. And an assistant coach, Kevin Ollie, ended up getting hired, where he had a, a not so successful ten year there. Um, the star of and basically the leader of it all, Kemba Walker, ended up getting drafted into the 2011 draft and is now a four-time All-Star, one-time All-NBA 13 star who has been on the Hornets and the Celtics. Um, Jeremy Lamb got drafted in 2012 to the NBA, probably most significantly part of the James Harden trade, but also... Um, also ended up playing with his former college teammate, Kemba, uh, a year ago on the Hornets. And then lastly, Shabazz Napier ended up winning another national championship in 2014 as he is a freshman. He won it again as a senior with Kevin Ollie, um, and and being the most outstanding player of the 2014 tournament. But yeah, th- there you have it.
0: Yeah, so uh, that just about wraps up. This episode here. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed reliving the UConn, um 2010 2011 men's team run. It was one of the more impressive Cinderella stories that we have ever seen. Just kind of the run from, you know, not even being ranked in the preseason to all the way um, to the national championship. It is truly insane. But anyway, that just about wraps up this episode. We will have another episode for you guys thursday um and you know then we will go from there we will do some llb predictions um, next week as it comes back and then in two weeks we are going to have a very very special guest come on to the podcast and um give some um predictions you guys will figure out who that is later but anyway that wraps up this episode thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you guys on thursday